Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Geek v. Geek podcast. I'm your host, Ben Gillen. I'm here joined, as always, with my co-host, Justin Kaz Kazemi. Kaz, how are you today? Good, man. How are you guys? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just, uh, you know, hanging in there, um, staying at home, getting caught up on a, a lot of different uh, shows and movies that I've been meaning to watch. So, what about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, I've kind of watched... Um, Stuff I, I'm re-watching ER. I figured 15 seasons of 20, 20 episodes a season, an hour each. By the time yeah. I finish that show, we should be able to go back into the real world. You know what I mean? That, that could keep you going potentially for a while. I'm yeah. doing something similar. I'm watching Star Trek The Next Generation, so about 175 episodes there. Um, I don't think quite as many as ER, but I, I definitely got a lot on my plate. So yeah, I think the goal is to find a show that you know you can watch for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the key to that. So that's why I I picked ER. It's also a great show. Um, aged aged fairly well. There are a few things they talk about that don't age extremely well, but that's just the times. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, it's a good show. A lot of and famous was, people. And it was created by the same guy who wrote Jurassic Park. A lot of people don't realize. That. I did not know that. And yeah. so many famous people in that show. Like, so many bit roles and just famous people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, one show that everybody is talking about right now has been Netflix's latest docuseries, The Tiger King. That's right. We're going to talk about we it We have today. to. I mean, we have to talk about it, don't we? I feel yeah. like I think our fans... Would be so upset if we didn't at least talk about Tiger King a little bit. I mean, I mean, Kaz, is there is there any doubt in your mind that this is going to be the the most watched and the most talked about TV show of of twenty twenty? It's got to be the most talked about for sure. Um, most watched, you know. I don't know. I know some people are you know going the opposite way of I'm not going to watch the show because everyone watches it, um, and I you know which sure whatever be cool like that I guess. Uh, I watched it somewhat near the like at the start of the hype is where i started watching it because it was like the first thing when i logged into netflix they were like here's tiger king i'm like oh, what the hell is this um but yeah i i you know if netflix ever releases most watched uh show i would be hard pressed to say that won't be number one um well, well, at least for the first half of the year. one right now. It's, it's, it's yeah. the, the most watched thing on Netflix, TV show or a movie, um, for the time being. Uh, I mean, obviously it won't stay that way forever, but I could see this being the number one watched for the next few weeks at least. Um, you know, there was a ton of people who watched it when it, when it first came out, and then word of mouth kept building and building. Uh, we ended up watching it last weekend. And, you know, we watched like four episodes on Saturday and then finished it on Sunday. Um, and, and wow, what a what a crazy I mean, what a crazy show. So really the big debate around this, um, you know, and, and Kaz, I'll, I'll let you start is do you feel like Tiger King would have been uh, the same smash success that it is had the coronavirus, you know, quarantine and, and self-isolation measures not have taken place. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think so. I think it's the number one watch show because everyone's home and, and it's somewhat of a community thing to talk about it, right? Like, I'm sure you've done the, the group chats virtually and all that, the happy hours mm -hmm. and all that. You know, we just did one last night 
And we spent a good 15 minutes talking about Tiger King. And it kind of let us all come together. Like, you know, we're at a bar somewhere talking about it. And I feel like, I think because we're all self-quarantined and all home and all that stuff, I think do, you know, everyone watching a show together give us a little bit of similarity of, hey, we're, we're still together in this crazy world that we're in. And I feel like if we were all going about our lives um, generally, yeah, it still would be a very popular show. I think people will still talk about it. But I know I wouldn't have seen it as quickly as I did. I mean, I watched it so soon because of, you know, I'm home, I have nothing else to watch. You know what I mean? Like, what else? I need to watch something. Oh, okay, Tiger King, let's just turn this on. Uh, but if I was still working and going out and doing everything else, um, yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't have watched it quite yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I, I definitely think us all being self-quarantined and having to stay home kind of pushed your hand to watch it more. And I know you, you think differently than that, though, right? I mean, I think ultimately the same number of people were going to watch it regardless. Um, you know, did it help in getting it in front of more people quicker? Yeah, probably a little bit. You know, but I really think that this show's popularity is more to the fact that, one, it's just an absolute crazy show. Like, if this was something that was made into a, you know, two-hour-long Hollywood movie, um, you know, and you've got, like, Matthew McConaughey playing Joe Exotic or whatever, um, I, I think people would have just, like, walked out of the movie. They would have been like, this is stupid. This is so unrealistic, like, people wouldn't have even believed that half of what they were showing had really happened. Um, and I don't want to say that the documentary doesn't, like, you know, isn't biased or doesn't misrepresent certain things or isn't edited in a way that it, you know, kind of, I mean, I think all documentaries do that a little bit. They do a little, you know, Making a Murderer was kind of like that, where, you know, they did some selective editing where there was important information that brought up during the trial that wasn't discussed during the documentary. And I, I feel like Tiger King is definitely the same way. I mean, they really, they really want you to believe that Carol did kill her husband. Um, yeah, you very know, true. And also that, and also that the Tiger King, Joe Exotic himself, I'm not going to say he's the victim, but had things happen to him um, that, you know, maybe shouldn't have happened to him. And, and so little, little side note here. I don't know if anyone, out here watches um, Lights Out with David Spade. It's a Comedy Central show. Um, highly recommend it. It's re very funny. Um, this past week, he's had different cast, quote-unquote, cast members of Tiger King on his show. Um, and one of them, he had the, um, I forgot the, the guy's name now, the, the director with the cowboy hat who was in the coffee shop. You remember who oh, I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, the guy who was... The producer who was filming the um, who was filming the reality show, right? Yeah, the that that yeah. that gentleman. He he was on the show, um, and what's funny is you know he talked about how you know the the show um, ha, has is so popular, and he's not understanding why it's so popular. But he also talked about how horrible of a person Joe Exotic was to the point where, and this is you know kind of graphic. I'm sorry. That apparently Joe Exotic would just kill lions and tigers randomly. Um, he killed a horse. Someone like brought him a horse. It was like, hey, you know, we can't take care of this horse anymore. Please take care of him. And 
and Joe Exotic was like, oh yeah, we'll take care of him. And as soon as that like family left, he he shot it in the in, in, in the head and killed it, and then fed that horse to all his tigers and stuff. So apparently he's, you know, as horrible as you thought he was on the show, apparently he's a way worse person outside of that, which is, you know, definitely the show doesn't show you that, you know what I mean? It doesn't show you the side of him being dark and, and just killing tigers and lions kind of randomly. Um, and, and, I, and I think, you know, that really just goes into the, feeds into the fact for me that so many people are watching this because it is so unbelievable. I mean, this is something that, like I said, if you if you try to write this into a, a, you know, fictional movie or screenplay, no one would believe it. It's really only the fact that this stuff actually happened. I mean, but but everything is just so bonkers. I'm from from him running for president and running for governor to you know the whole story arc with whether or not Carol killed her husband, you know, to all of the the things with you know. Uh, the one guy in Myrtle Beach who's basically, you know, using the zoo as a front for a sex cult. I, I mean, it was just absolutely insane. So for me, I really honestly believe that quarantine or no quarantine, this was going to be the most talked about piece of media in 2020. There's just no way it couldn't have been. Right. Now, you mentioned something kind of offhand there. You said Matthew McConaughey, if they would have made a movie, Matthew McConaughey would have be Joe Exotic. So... If we, you know, wave a magic wand and we're cast directors and we can name or, you know, cast anyone in any role, is that who you would have for Joe Exotic would be Matthew McConaughey? Uh, you know, I, I might have to think about that. I don't I don't know. I You know, I know the fan favorite right now is is David Spade. I mean, Joe Dirt. Come on. It's, it's basically Dirt. Joe Dirt, right? And, right. And, and I... I have to be honest with you, I have never actually seen Joe Dirt. Oh, you're going to get some mad fans. I know, I know. Don't write me on that one. It's, you know, and, and, and that's the that's the crazy thing. And this just further proves my point that I am one of those people where I don't like, I don't like watching whether it's a reality TV show or whether it's a fictional TV show or a movie or whatever. I don't like shows that are like, oh, it's funny because they live in a trailer park or, you know, stuff like Shameless where it's like, oh, look how trashy these people are. Like, to me, that stuff doesn't resonate with me. I don't, I'm not judging anybody who who likes that type of show or movie. It's just not how I choose to spend my time. And for me, this was so crazy and so over the top that even though the show was completely outside of my wheelhouse and completely outside of something like I am not, I would never watch something like Honey Boo Boo. You know, I mean, that's just not the stuff that I that I enjoy. For me to be glued to the screen for you know the seven episodes um, and to watch the entire thing in, in like less than a twenty four hour period, um, you know that that speaks a lot to. There's a universal appeal to this that's outside of just hey look at how trashy they are and more about like hey see how absolutely crazy this gets like the you know the the first half an hour of Tiger King is crazier than anything that happens in all of Making a Murderer and we were glued to the screen for Making a Murderer. That's true. May, I mean Making a Murderer is a great show. I mean I, I saw both the seasons on that, but I guess the difference is. Making a murderer, you you're watching and you go, okay, this is like sad truth. Like, wow, I kind of feel bad for this person. If this, you know, if he didn't actually 
Judas murders Tiger King, the whole time you're like, this isn't real. Like, as you're watching the documentary, you're thinking, this is all put on. Like, none of this is real. It's kind of like Jersey Shore, right? I mean, I don't know if you watched Jersey Shore when you were younger. Um, Definitely. I haven't seen 30 seconds of Jersey Shore. Well, it's kind of like this. It's a train wreck. It's like watching a train wreck, basically. Um, right. And that's kind of what this show is, is you're watching a train wreck. So, um, yeah. So, I know you said, you know, you don't know who you would cast. If Again, if I had a magic wand, I would do David Spade as Joe Exotic, just because I do think um, he could play that role well. I would actually have Matthew McConaughey as, as the guy with the long hair and the glasses. Eric? Oh, the dude with the the dude with the missing legs. No, no, the guy with the missing legs is John uh, Rennick. Yeah, Eric was the um, the other guy. He was like the the, the zookeeper. Um, cause, you know, oh, okay, I know who you're talking. He about. was like one of the sane people about. in the show. He was like the head zookeeper. Yeah, he was like one of the yeah. most normal people in that show, basically. And, and that, you know, that's one of the crazy things about that show is that like there there were kind of a couple people who were almost, you know, positioned as like, hey, these guys are the voice of reason, you know, and one of them's, you know, riding around with a with a skeleton, you know, in his car in the passenger seat. And he's, you know, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, and, and you're watching it going, these people seem downright sane compared to the craziness of, you know, Carol and her and her multiple husbands and Joe and his multiple husbands and you know the uh, Doc Antle and his and his sex cult. I mean, it's just absolutely weird how you know these people who would be like the craziest character on Trailer Park Boys are now <laughs> you know the, the voice of reason on Tiger King, and I think that's why it's so. I think that's why so many people are talking about it because it's just pure unbelievability. I mean, yeah, like I said, like one of the most reasonable person was uh staffy the the per, you know got the arm cut off right during during the interviews though very sane seems like a very logical person now to get your arm cut off by a tiger and then come back to work five days later that doesn't seem as sane though um i know for me if i were to get a paper cut at work i'd take a few hours off um so the whole arm getting ripped off by a tiger I might reconsider where I'm working the rest of my uh, my days, but yeah, um, I, I wouldn't imagine losing an arm to a job and, and for any reason and going back to it. Yeah, I mean, that's... no way. Now you you talked about this. Um, you brought it up a little bit. Carol Baskins and her husbands. Yeah, one now, of the most talked about elements. One of the most for sure. There's a lot of fan theories out there. And I understand that you have one. So what do you what do you think happened? Yeah, I mean, look, I I feel like the the popular opinion is that there's absolutely no way that Carol didn't kill her husband. And I under I mean, I I get it. I understand the thought process there. I think that for one, that's what the documentary wants you to think. Obviously, there's a lot of clever editing, and you know there you know the line where carol's like oh if you want a tiger to eat somebody you gotta put you know fish oil on there sardine sardine oil sardine Sardine oil oil. yeah and i mean like look all that stuff is edited together very cleverly to make you think that she really did it but regardless how would she know that well because she feeds tigers i mean yeah yeah she feeds them meat. I don't think she feeds them sardine oil. Yeah, I look. I I don't think. 
I don't think that that's so far fetched for, I mean, that's, that's just kind of common sense. You know what I mean? Cause the whole thing was somebody put cologne or perfume on his shoes or something like that. And, and again, what she was saying was that doesn't make sense. They don't want to eat cologne. They want to eat meat. So put something that smells like a, a live animal, you know, fish oil or blood or grease, or, you know, if she said put bacon in his socks, whatever, whatever, you know, I mean, that just sounds like common sense to me. So for me, I'm not going to point at that and say, oh, I bet she really did it because she made an offhand comment about Sardino. But here's my theory. I don't think that Carol really killed her husband. Now, let me preface this. I'm not saying I don't think she's capable of doing it, whether intellectually or emotionally. Like, she has something of a sinister side to her. So I'm not saying I don't think she could have done it. She absolutely could have. Here's what I think really happened. I think, uh, I don't remember her husband's name, but, you know, this guy, this was Don or Dan or something like that. I mean, they really made him look like he was a bit of a womanizer. I mean, this is what Carol was saying. This is what his ex-wife, you know, and and his kids were saying. So I'm sure that everything seemed, you know, all fine and dandy with Carol until it wasn't. And then he he needed a way out. What I personally believe happened is that I think he wanted to escape. And he even mentioned to his, his attorney or his lawyer or the guy who drew up his will or whatever. The guy said, oh, I'm working on something. And if I pull this off, this will be the slickest thing I ever do. I think that he actually faked his own death, which I'm sure a lot of people who watch the documentary also thought that. I'm going to take it one step further, and I'm going to say, I think he faked his own death, and he was trying to frame Carol for it, but the police didn't go far enough to investigate her. So I think he wanted, the husband wants everybody to think that Carol killed him. But then where's the husband at there? So the husband's Don Lewis, so where is he? So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, look, you've got Carol saying things like, oh, he always flew, you know, he didn't really have a license and he flew illegally and he always tried to fly under the radar and do all of these things. So he's sitting there going, all right, well, all I have to do is do the same thing I've done all the time and just fly out of the country and never come back. Um, you know, and maybe maybe there's some other evidence that they planted. Maybe he did, you know, plant some of his DNA um you know, in the, I don't know, in the meat grinder or something like that to make it look like she killed him. Like, how hard would it be to take a little bit of your own blood and splatter it around? You know, you could totally do that and make it look like she put him through the meat grinder. Um, So I think he faked his own death. I think he was pissed at Carol and he wanted to frame her for it. And the faking of his own death worked, but the framing of Carol didn't quite work. Because you got to remember, like, in his will, they put... Uh, they didn't put upon his death or his untimely demise or something like that. It said upon his uh, disappearance or or disability or something like that, you know. And it and so again, I think he wanted that. He knew what was in his will. This this guy's not dumb. He's not going to just have Carol go. Hey, here's a new will. Draw this up and write it up. You know, like he was probably pissed at his ex-wife he was probably pissed at his kids he probably thought that they were all um you know leeches 
So he, I'm not saying they were, they weren't. This is probably his perspective. He probably thought that they were just all in it for his money or whatever. And so he didn't leave anything to his kids and he tried to frame Carol for his murder. That's what I think happened. But my, my question behind that is, one, where is he now? Two, you have to take some money if you're, if you're committing your own death and he was a millionaire, he would need to take some money with him somewhere Right, but that's the thing is nobody seemed to know exactly how much this dude was worth. Everybody said, oh, it was probably two to three million. Oh, no, it was more like 10 million. Oh, no, it was more like this. It was more like that. He he was making all of these illegal flights down to, you know, Costa Rica or South America or whatever for years. He could have been taking money with him. He could have been stashing it. He could have had offshore accounts. I'm sure he had all kinds of stuff that his his wives and his kids had no idea about. So I'm sure he set up whatever he left behind. He probably didn't care about. He probably left just enough money so that it looked like there was enough motive for Carol to kill him and take it all. I'm sure he had tons stashed somewhere else. As of, you know, to answer your question, where is he right now? Uh, if he's still alive, he might have died of old age by now. But if he's still alive, he's probably going to South America somewhere. Because they, they said they, they did go down there. Sitting in a there. hot social isolating and watching Tiger King. Well, they yeah, that'd be kind of funny. They did say that some cops from Oklahoma went down to to Peru. Is that where they went, or Chile? They went somewhere to see if they can find him, and there was no evidence of him there. And also that that plane that he had would have been too small to fly all the way down to like those South American countries. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he's only going to get so far as Costa Rica and then have somebody, you know... I mean, like, Brazil has a non-extradition, right? So he could be hanging out in Sao Paulo, for all we know. You know, he takes a flight down to Costa Rica and drives the rest of the way. Who well, I don't know why he would have to be expedited anyway. I mean, he, I guess, could, could you know, figure well, out for committing is a fraud crime. and faking yeah. his own death and framing someone for murder, I'm sure he tried to, you know, I'm sure he's sitting in a... You know, non-extradition country in South America right now. My money would be on Brazil. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I, I could see where you're coming from. I, you know, I think more, I, I don't know. I, you're right. The editing kind of makes you believe one thing over another thing. Um, I kind of think more of, yeah, I think she had a hand in him, in his own death. Um, either him by himself or someone else helped. Uh, do it. Um, so one crazy fan theory, um, and again, I don't have all of it in front of me because I thought it was so crazy I didn't believe it, is that Jeff Lowe and Carol Baskins worked together, and that's how Jeff Lowe got all of his money to begin with, was for the killing of Don Lewis. Like, Carol Baskins and Jeff Lowe are actually in cahoots from like way back in the beginning, and the, the fan theory is Jeff Lowe was the original husband to Carol Baskins. Do you remember? Because Carol, is, you know, she says, I left my husband and was walking around, and that's when I found Don Lewis. Which is weird, by the way. Like, you're just going to start walking around, and some guy's going to pull up, and you're going to get into your car? Like, this seems weird to me, but I guess back in the day it's different. I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, this this seems weird to me. Look, knowing what we know about Don now, I mean, it kind of, they sort of play those cards a little bit close to the chest, right? 
And then there's a point where they go, oh, yeah, by the way, he was this huge womanizer and he was cheating on Carol and he cheated on his ex-wife. And, like, you know, he was constantly running around with all these different women. So, okay, now we have a motive established. But, I mean, you know, at first you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, she's just walking down the street crying and and he pulls up and he's like, here, take this gun and point it at me. I just want to talk to you. Like, no, he was totally trying to... Uh, I mean, he was totally trying. He groomed her, really, is what he did. Well, he did. I mean, I mean he, she even a, said, I, mean, I, I stayed with him for, like, she said what, for, stayed with him the rest of the weekend or, or the rest, rest of his life, right? Like, she never left him after that. Yeah, I mean, they, they were definitely involved from that point until, you know, his disappearance is, is what the documentary made it seem like. Obviously, there's, you know, things that are missing, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I, this is one of those things where we'll never know the answers because she'll always deny everything and her current husband will always deny everything. And if Donald Lewis is still alive, he has no reason to come out and say, oh, hey, I'm still alive. This is what happened. Like, he would right. be ruining his life if he did that. Well, um, I'm, sh- I'm sure, you know, he would be facing all kinds of charges. You know, here's the, here's the thing that was interesting to me, and I was thinking about this the other day. You know, she very casually says, oh, well, he didn't have a license and he was, you know, flying here and there and everywhere illegally and they were doing it under the radar and all those things. He did that in order to financially benefit a business that she was co-running with him that she now owns and she's like the sole proprietor of. How is she not um, how is she not brought up on any kind of like charges of being an accomplice to tons of criminal activity that she directly benefited from like how how is nobody interested in pursuing that well that, 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 was, the whole, weird that was the whole point of it too is you know how the you know they didn't do that much of a research on the murder case you know what i mean like i, I think i read somewhere they said they're going to reopen it now um which yeah they're, sure they're getting uh, they've said that the um the police um uh, the district that's, or the sheriff's office or whatever it is that's handling that case is now getting anywhere from six to ten new tips per day, which doesn't sound like a ton. Um, but, you know, if you filter out all of the people who are kind of crazy and bonkers and just calling in with insane, you know, fan theories and stuff like that, that, you know, there might be something there. We'll see. That could be interesting to follow up on. Yeah, so speaking of following up, apparently the rumor mill is there's one more at least one more episode coming out and apparently there's rumors of it coming out next friday so my question to you is should we have a season two or is season one so bonkers and crazy anything beyond that is going to dilute it well it's hard to say like let me ask you this did you watch season two of making a murderer i did and it was amazing Oh, see, and I didn't watch it at all because it was kind of one of those things where it was like, yeah, the window's closed and I'm not really that interested anymore. And like, they're both still in prison. So, you know, if, if nothing's changed on that front, why am I going to sit and watch another five hours of this or however long it is? So does Tiger King deserve a season two? I, I guess for me, that really depends on how much changes. I mean, we... We know Joe Exotic's in prison, and if he continues to stay in prison, then I don't need to see a bunch of uh, updates on how his appeals process is going. I'm just not interested in that. I mean, like, look, here's the thing. I don't believe that Joe paid that dude 
um, to, to kill Carol. I don't think he really did it because it looked like, you know, Jeff and the, the other guy, the hitman guy were, were setting them up so that they could totally take over the business. Um, I think that's what's happened, but I still think that Joe deserves to be in prison because here's the thing, man, one, you can't talk about killing this woman publicly for the better part of 10 or 15 years and then be shocked when you get convicted, even if it was a setup. And two, we know that he was absolutely without a doubt abusing all of the animals that were there. So he deserves to be in prison for that alone. So I don't really need updates and stuff like that on how he's doing in jail. I don't care about that. If more stuff comes out, the person that I want to know more about is this Doc Antle character, this dude out in, in Myrtle Beach. I mean, you know, I, I think it was like the second episode where they set it up like, oh, he's got all these women working for him. He has multiple wives and girlfriends, and they're all like almost sex slaves in this weird cult and all that. And they introduce all that stuff, and then they never really talk about it throughout the rest of the documentary. So if there was something where, and I know he got raided, like the FBI or somebody, some federal, um, you know, jurisdiction came in and started um, investigating and checking up on him. But so far, they haven't brought any charges or arrested anyone. If that storyline progresses, I might be interested in hearing more about it. So if it's a Tiger King, Doc Outler spinoff, you would be down for that? I think I think that's the one area where it's like, hey, there's probably still more to this story is behind, you know, what's going on with Doc Antle. So I think the whole Carol and Joe plotline has sort of run its course. So one thing I will say, um, and and contrast of, uh, of that is your whole thing is, you know, I know he's still in jail because you could just read about it now live, right? You can go on the news sites or whatever and see that he's still in jail. So keeping up with the Kardashians, which I'm sure neither you or, or I watch, um, it's still one of the most popular shows on TV, but it always ha- they always air things after it's happened. You know what I mean? Like we see today Kim and Kanye have a kid, and then five months from now they're air the episode that talks about that. So fans do like to know the full story of the situation, even if they know what's happening, you know, it's backdated. You know what I mean? So for, for me, making a murderer, um, you know, I knew that they were still in jail, but I still wanted to know what was happening to try to get them out of jail. And same for this. Yes, I know Joe Exotic is still in jail, but I would like to know what's happening with that new zoo in, um, in, uh, in Oklahoma by that resort. I would like to know what's still happening with, you know, uh, John Lewis and his, his, uh, I guess, bride and the kid and the nanny, if he got that nanny or not, which, by the way, um, John Lewis was on uh, Lights Out with David Spade. He you mean just, Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, sorry. I almost said John Lewis. Jeff Lowe was on David Spade, and, yeah, he actually got that extremely hot nanny. Um, so it's the nanny, the kid, him. And uh, his, I guess, wife, they're all living together on the resort. I've heard that that's what the topic of the follow-up episode is. It's supposed to focus on Jeff... Jeff Lowe and his wife and the and you know them moving the zoo and all that kind of stuff and and look maybe that could be interesting maybe that could have the craziest revelation yet I guess I just feel like you know 
if they're if they're drawing it out for the sake of just putting out more episodes of Tiger King, I'm not really in favor of that. If there are more interesting revelations and interesting topics to explore, then then sure, keep going with it. But you know, it's kind of one of those do it only if it's going to be as interesting as the is what we've already seen. So, do you find this interesting? Because I found this out too. Um, some of those alligators that were burned up were from uh, Neverland Ranch. That doesn't surprise me at all. But it's kind of funny, you know, it's just the, the court, you know, the connection of that I, I found to be humorous. Like, oh, wow, well, okay, of, of course you've got alligators and snakes from Neverland Ranch and Jackson Compound. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, and it makes you, you know, it makes you wonder how much other weird shit was going on at Neverland Ranch that we still haven't heard about even after finding Neverland. And so I don't want to go down that particular rabbit hole, but yeah, uh, that's too sad. Oh man. Yeah. That show's sad. Um, but yeah, no, so I think we're, you know, again, the new episode of it comes out, I'll watch it and I'll definitely watch it just cause I, again, I watched season two of making a murderer. So I'll be intrigued, uh, about it. Um, but I am kind of with you. I hope they don't drag this show on for like four to five seasons and give us all these recaps, which I don't think they're going to do. I think Making a Murderer is done. Like, I don't think they're doing more of, of that show. Um, and so I can imagine maybe one more season of Tiger King. And then after that, I, I don't, I think we won't hear anything more about Joe Exotic and the big red cat rescue and all that fun stuff. And, and people are going to move on from this very quickly. I mean, it is as shocking and as crazy and as bonkers as it was, you know, it's also one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, there's not really a lot of substance there. There's nothing that challenges you intellectually or emotionally or makes you want to go back and watch it again. So I think this is going to be one of those, like it came out, we all watched it. We were all absolutely astonished. Um, and then within a couple months, you know, we just sort of stopped talking about it. I mean, this is going to be a real 15 minutes of fame type of show. Yeah, I don't think we're, yeah, there's no shot of me ever rewatching it again. So, uh, but yeah, so that's our quick take on Geek v. Geeks, Tiger King. Uh, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to come back with some uh, weekly news on geeks and um, kind of what's going on in the world that's, Somewhat shut down, but the world's still, you know, uh, releasing news about geek stuff. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, fans. It's still Justin, Kaz, Kazami, Ben, Gillian. We're still here. We're still talking to you. Um, so we have just some topics, some geek news this week that we want to discuss. One of the first things we want to discuss, a uh, couple of the creators of The Office were putting together a stay-at-home, office-esque type show. It's not connected to The Office. It's not going to have the same actors or characters, anything like that. But it's going to be in the format of you're working from home and how, you know, this this takes on and whatnot. And I guess the comedic view of that. Um, ben, how do you feel about that? Are you in favor of this coming out now? Yeah. We don't know much about it. We don't know if it's on TV or web or anything like that. But, um, yeah, what do you feel about that, Ben? Look, I, I think this is a great idea for a couple of reasons. I mean, one of the things that made The Office such one of the most well-liked shows of all time is because it was so relatable. If you'd ever worked in an office, you were like, oh, yep, that's, that's pretty much what it's like. It was funny, 
because it was true and it was because it was real. Um, you know, with this, a lot of people, myself included, you included, um, are now trying to figure out how to do their office jobs solely from their house and using video calling and, and Skype and Zoom and all of those things. And some crazy stuff has happened. Like my wife is a teacher and um, she was on a conference call this week and, and her, one of her boss's kids like ran behind um, you know, the shot totally naked. They had just gotten out of the bath or something and they were running around the house and they, you know, ran into the camera naked. So, I mean, it, and that's not even the craziest stuff that we're hearing happen, um, you know, for people who are trying to learn remotely, for people who are trying to work remotely. And so I think one, it's going to be relatable for everyone in the country. And how often can you say that about a single TV show? And two, you know, right now people as horrifying as this situation is, people want to find comfort in joking around about it. You know, we use humor as a defense mechanism. And, and while, no, it's not funny that we're facing, you know, such a, a situation with dire consequences, especially when it comes to lo loss of life. But one of the ways that we get through it is by maintaining a sense of humor. So I think it's perfect timing. I, I think the show's going to do very well. Um, and, and I say that as someone who's really not that big a fan of The Office. So, I absolutely love The Office. It's one of my favorite shows out there. Um, I don't want to prejudge this. I haven't seen an episode. No one has. It's not out yet. Do you, and I'm asking you this, do you feel like this is somewhat um, taking advantage or in light of the current dire situation that we're in? Like, do you feel like, like it's they, in bad taste? capitalizing on a bad situation? Yeah. I don't really think so. I mean, to me, this is a little bit different than the people who are, like, you know, trying to hoard toilet paper and sell it at a, uh, you know, at a profit. This is more like, hey, we're all going through a rough time. We're going through that together. And let's help some people get through it by, you know, pointing out, you know, some of the funny parts of this situation. Because some of this is funny. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, there's crazy stuff that's happening to us every single day and yeah, it's horrifying, but there's some silver linings there. And I think it's going to help everybody get through this by focusing on those silver linings. So I don't, I don't feel like they're doing anything, uh, you know, unethical or, or trying to capitalize on a tragedy. I think it's more just, you know, doing the same thing that comedy has already done, always done and saying like, Hey, you know, sometimes sometimes it helps to laugh about scary things. Yeah, no, I, I mean, no, I, I I get that, and I get. I wasn't saying I think they are capitalizing on it or anything like that. Um, I do find it interesting that you know, without the this being the time we're in, this show would never have even been brought up. But I, I think a lot of times these actors and actresses now they're trying to do something to honestly work. Right, they they still need to work. They still need to make money, and also to bring some joy to us um, here um, in this situation that we're in. So, um, if it gets made, if it gets aired on, you know, I, maybe it's going to be online somewhere, YouTube or HBO Max, some random stuff like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see kind of what it's about and and um, how it is, and if they do random cameos from. You know, Steve Carell or John Kaczynski or Rain Wilson, if those random people kind of jump on and, and do um, 
some cameos. So it's going to be interesting to see the whole concept of that and how that kind of works. You, bring up, you brought up a really good point in that, you know, actors are also affected by this. Movies right. and TV shows are not being filmed and not being produced right now. If, if the best way of making a TV show from home is by making a TV show about people who work from home, then maybe that this is something that, yeah, we're not talking about the entire industry, but maybe a dozen people, you know, get, get to, keep their jobs and film a, you know, film a TV show out of this. So I, I think there's a lot of positives here. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting to see because, like, yeah, you know, the longer this goes on, the more, the more likely we're getting no more TV shows. You know what I mean? Um, right. A show that I watch is called Bar Rescue. You can't really do that show now. People can't go to bars. There's no yeah. bar to rescue. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how The Bachelor is going to keep going. I, you know, I, I keep hearing they're, they're shooting new episodes now. How? What? How? I mean, look, like I said, there's a lot of silver linings to the situation. And if one of them is that The Bachelor isn't on TV anymore, then, you know, I think that's something that most of us can live with. Yeah, and look, man, it's a it's a popular show, you remember? Yeah, so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what's, what's going to happen. So, um yeah, what 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 other kind of interesting things happened this week in, in Geek well, News? Well, you know, so this is something that I'm. We've talked about this a couple times on the podcast before about when are movie theaters going to open up? Is you know are people going to start putting more movies that are already filmed direct to digital? Are we going to see stuff on Disney Plus? So Disney has announced that their first film to completely skip a theatrical release and go straight to the Disney Plus platform is going to be Artemis Fowl. Now, a lot of people have probably not heard a ton about this movie. It's something that was, you know, it's one of those young adult uh, novel, um, you know, adaptations for film. I don't know a whole lot about it, but it seems to me to be kind of like a uh, James Bond meets Men in Black, but with a younger lead. Um, I mean, Kaz, do you think they're doing this as a test run to see how many other films they should go straight to to digital? Um, so I, I know nothing about this movie. Um, I just looked up the, the director. The director is the same guy who did Thor, the first That's Thor. That's Kenneth Branagh, who, I mean, very well-known actor, very well-known director. Most people, if you're not good with names, would probably recognize him as uh, he played Gilderoy Lockhart in the second Harry Potter movie. Yes, very, very nice. Uh, the cast is, it's a, it's a pretty big cast. Colin Farrell, Judy Dance, Josh Grad. Um, they've got a lot of people on the on the cast. You know, I, to answer your question directly, is it a test? I don't know if it's big enough to be a test. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a huge, was this supposed to be a box office smash movie this year? Was it projected, you know, to you be a huge hit? It, it Looking this at some of the thing. screenshots, it seems more like a little... You're right. I, I mean, like as I'm looking at it, it seems like a Men in Black James Bond movie. Yeah. I feel like this movie has been delayed a lot. I remember hearing about it quite a while ago. Um, every so often, it's something that keeps popping up on the, like, coming soon, you know, section of IMDb where you just sort of scroll through and go, oh, let me see what movies are coming out in the next two to three months. And it seems to just kind of keep getting pushed back. It feels like it's been a movie that has been, you know, three to six months out for the last year or two. I, I could be wrong. Um, but I think this was one of those things where Disney finally decided, like, 
hey, we need to cut our losses. We need to start taking some of these, you know, long gestating projects that maybe aren't going to have great theatrical runs and putting them on the streaming service. Um, I would really love to see um, this movie do well on Disney Plus, and then maybe New Mutants also comes out um, on Disney Plus because of this, instead of getting yet another, um, you know, theatrical de- delay or, or even getting canceled at all. I think that would be like, you know, one of the, I don't want to say that one of the worst things that could come out of this, but it would it would be just our luck that New Mutants was finally ready to be released, and then you know this happens and and the movie never sees the light of day. So I I think this is a good thing if we can get more movies like this put straight onto Disney Plus so that people can just actually see them. That would be great. And this looks like it could be a fun film. So this movie was in has been in development since two thousand one. So. That's a long time for a movie. 2001. How, does it say when it started filming? No, just, you know, in development. So writing scripts, yeah. casting people, whatnot. I I will say I don't think movies are going to be canceled. I think it's hard to say any movie is going to be canceled because I think they're just going to go to, to a streaming service now. I think any I major think... film studio is going to go, all right, instead of just shelving this all together, just throw it online somewhere so we'll get some viewership and. One thing I, I did read, and I want to talk about real, real briefly, um, I read that Disney is hurting for money. And I'm, think you're, I'm sure you're thinking, how is that possible? Well, think about it. The parks are all closed. They can't release any movies in theaters. Um, they've already paid for the advertising and all that for those movies. So that money's gone now. You can't recoup that. So one revenue stream they have, and honestly, the only one I can think of think of sort of merchandise which i guess people aren't probably buying going out and buying mickey mouse dolls right now is disney plus and getting people to subscribe to that so if they can throw some movies on there to help bring up some subscribers um that you know it might be their their main revenue stream for the next few months yeah you know and i here's the thing i wouldn't count disney down and out when it comes to the merchandising aspect of this i mean You've got the entire Marvel franchise. You have the entire Star Wars franchise. You know, you've got all of their other films and TV shows. So there is a huge amount of um, Disney merchandise that people are still going to be buying and people are still going to need. Here's the thing. We're going to see uh, a need for new types of products that emerge in response to the COVID crisis. Uh, They just announced here in Denver, where you and I live, um, the governor has asked everyone in the state to wear a cloth mask every time they leave their house, Um, whether that's to go grocery shopping, to go for a walk, to do whatever. So, I mean, are we going to see, uh, you know, Captain America branded uh, face masks for for kids? I mean, you know, a lot of people, again, we're going to have the discussion of, like, is that capitalizing on the crisis? I don't think so, because I think that's a great way of helping kids through a really scary time. Is like, And we hey, need the mask, hey, honestly. Yeah, so if Disney can hey, start pumping out masks, I don't care. I'll wear a Captain America Spider-Man yeah. mask. I need I'm one. I'm 34 years old. I want a Captain America mask. Are yeah. you kidding me, right? Yeah. So, but I think that would be a great help for kids who are six or seven years old who have never experienced anything like this. Um, you know, they're, they're not old enough to remember what post 9-11 was like and that kind of stuff. So, you know, 
instead of making it a scary thing where it's like, we got to go outside, we got to put masks on. It's like, hey, buddy, you know, throw on your Captain America mask and, and that will help children, right? So I think that Disney is going to need to get a little bit creative, um, but there's definitely opportunities for them to continue to make money, um, you know, dur- during this. Yeah. Um, so I know we're talking about the Artemis Fowl one, but I did read both um, Black Widow and Wonder Woman have been pushed to August now. I know you're more in the theme of you don't think movie theaters are going to happen for the rest of the year, and I'm more and more you know, leaning towards you on that one, honestly. I read this morning that AMC is in huge trouble right now because, you know, unlike Disney, where they don't have their own streaming service, they can't sell merchandise and stuff like that. If their theaters are shut down, they can't make any money. And right now, 100% of their theaters are shut down. So I think it's definitely plausible to see the larger chains. AMC, you know, Regal, um, those types of um, theater chains completely just shut down or go out of business. I mean, look at look at how quickly things went wrong for MoviePass um, and how quickly they just totally dropped off the face of the earth when they lost all of their, you know, their revenue streams, right? Or, or when they, they weren't being profitable. Um, so, I, and obviously there were a lot of mistakes that were made. Um, you know, that wasn't anybody's fault other than Helios and Matheson, who are the parent company for, um, for movie pass, but there are some parallels there, you know, theaters right now are, and I know I said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, there will always be a demand for people to go have the movie theater experience. They want the better sound quality. They want to see it on the big screen. Um, and movies making over a billion dollars are proof of that. Um, but I don't see how these businesses can survive um, the next couple months without theaters being closed down. Um, I think August is a very optimistic projection for that. I think the movie theaters are, or, or I think the um, that Disney and the other film companies are setting release dates because they simply just don't know when theaters are going to be open again. And I don't think August is a realistic time frame at all. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. So back to this, I I think it, although I don't think it's a test, because I don't think this movie's big enough to consider a test, um, I think it might be a thing of, hey, look, we're just not going to hold this movie any longer. We've had it since 2001. Um, let's just go ahead and just release it and get something for it. Even if we get, you know, a small spike in viewership on our Disney Plus platform, that's better than kind of, you know, absolute nothing. You know I, what I mean? I think at this point they're going to, it's it's merely just a let's stop the bleeding. Right. You know, they're going to lose less money. The film's already made. It's a sunk cost. And if they put it in theaters, they're going to have to pay to advertise it, whereas they can just dump it on, on Disney+. Plus. Um, so I think waiting until we to see what kind of theaters open. Again, you know, what if 50% of theaters go out of business across the country? Well, that cuts your, your profitability potential in half. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so in other news, a little sunnier news, we're both fans of Rick and Morty. And one, yes. one of the writers um, is going to pen the script for the new Atman movie. 
Now, we know nothing about the new Ant-Man movie. We do know it's going to be in Phase 4. Uh, but beyond that, we know nothing. Um, what do you think What do you think about that? I mean, I know we're both big fans of, of Rick yeah. and Morty. So how do you feel I, about one of those writers? I guess, I guess leaving that this? show, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of parallels between Ant-Man and Rick and Morty. I mean, at the core, they're both really about a... Um, you know, kind of kooky fringe scientist and his protege, and they get into, you know, crazy, crazy things happen, right? So there's a lot of parallels there. I think it's a great fit. Um, at this point, regardless of who's writing it, directing it, producing it, whatever, I'm just happy that we're getting a third Ant-Man movie. Um, I, I don't understand why Ant-Man is like the for some people the least interesting films in the MCU. I loved the first one. I loved the second one. I know a lot of people said that it wasn't very good. It was just kind of like a popcorn MCU film. But like, A, all of the MCU films are kind of Yeah, that's kind of what they are. Yeah, Um, They're meant to be fun and over the top and not necessarily take themselves too seriously. Um, But I I thought, um, I don't know, I thought both Ant-Man films were great. Paul Rudd is one of the best parts of the MCU. Um, He deserves to... You know, we deserve to have this this sort of trilogy wrapped up in a in a satisfying way. I'm I'm happy that that's going to happen. Yeah. So he's you know he's he's a writer on a few things, um, but yeah, he's he's doing the screenplay. His name is Jeff Lovis Loveness. Jeff Loveness. Um, he's also a writer for the Jimmy Kimmel Show, um, which yeah, that's pretty that's a pretty good writing geek to have. So. Yeah, it's gonna be so interesting it to like see. They're really leaning into the comedy aspect of this, which is which is great. I I love to see that. I think the Ant Man are aside from Guardians of the Galaxy, two of the funniest films in the MCU. Yes, I agree. It, because I think they know. All right, there's a guy who becomes an ant. Just on premise alone, that's funny, right? Yeah. I mean, you remember when um, Infinity War came out? The big fan hope and theory was um, Ant Man's gonna go up Thanos' butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, which I think I think I saw an article the other day, and I didn't really read the whole thing, but it was something where it was like somebody at Marvel. I don't know if it was the Russo brothers or the or some screenwriters or some, but somebody was like, "Yeah, it's generally considered canon that that's not what happened, but that it would have worked." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and I think that was just a way of appeasing the fans who were, you know really shipping for that particular plot point. Which, I mean, yes. Would that have been hilarious? Of course it would have been hilarious. But it would have been stupid. I do think we got a little bit of Ant-Man at someone's butt in, in uh, Civil War when Ant-Man went through Iron Man's suit. I, I think that's the closest we're going to get to that. Yeah. I would love to see an episode of What If, which if you're not familiar with What If, it's a TV show that's in production right now, and it is um, animated episodes, and it's like, what if this happened in the MCU? You know, So one of them is like, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers? And they just do a little alternate timeline episode on that. I would love to see a What If episode of like, what if they actually tried the Ant-Man Thanos butt, you know, strategy so creators of what if if you're listening can we get on that please that would be great we would all love to see that i wouldn't mind a what if if um instead of peter parker becoming spider-man at and may did 
I think that'd be kind of interesting, actually. Okay, uh, that'd be weird. That'd be interesting. Like she was chaperone for the science experiment, you know, the science class. So we're talking about like we're talking about like MCU Marissa Tomei. Uh, no, 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 no. I want I want the older at me. Sexy. Like, no. no, you want like the you want the elderly yes. nursing home. Anime. Yes. Yes. Okay. I want the I want the Spider Man that that when before she need you know she needs a uh, a cane post Spider Man no cane needed. Okay. Okay. But goes to bed at like eight o'clock because just can't can't deal with it. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. that's that's a Spider Man I want to have. Um, well, you know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. So the other thing I was gonna say is. Yeah, well, you know, he's just doing the screenplay. It doesn't mean he's writing the whole entire script, but I think he's going to set the premise of the show, which, kind of like you said, it seems like they're kind of embracing the comedy venture of what Ant-Man is, which is the way they need to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of Phase 4, you know, I mean, all of this uh, situation with the COVID crisis has really kind of pushed back the timeline. So not only have they adjusted uh the release dates but you know they've also expanded the lineup for phase four we kind of already knew that black panther 2 and captain marvel 2 were coming but now they're saying they're part of um phase four and they've been given uh hard release dates um i mean how do you how do you feel about that do you think captain marvel is two is going to be the last uh movie in phase four or do you think some more things are going to get shifted around I mean, don't they have to do another, like, all come together Avengers movie? Or well, they've kind of said that they're not doing that in Phase Four. Ah, well, yeah. Then I guess, I mean, Captain Marvel ended Phase Three. It, I guess it would only be appropriate that it ends Phase Four. Well, I don't. Well, I think it was actually like the third to last Phase Three film. Oh, that's right. Spider Man was actually the last one. Game. And then, oh no, I guess Endgame was the end of Phase 3. No, Spider-Man was the end. Far From Home. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so that uh, that concept's out. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, well, so here's the question. In that phase breakdown, is Spider-Man a part of it? They have, I mean, they've said that they're still working on Spider-Man 3. I guess that could be, once again, be the end of, of the phase. They could do Spider-Man 3 as the last film of Phase 4. Yeah, so, if, so, yeah, again, I wasn't a huge fan of Captain Marvel, so I doesn't really matter to me where it places it at. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, first off, the person are back two years, but that's if everything goes accordingly to plan here, right? So they still need to cast people, get people in there, do the sequences, CGI, and all that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was three more years before we get another Marvel movie. I mean, do you really think we're going to get one in two years from now? Well, so let me ask you a follow-up question here. How do you see the MCU changing if movie theaters go out of business? Let's say the worst case happens. Theaters don't open before the end of calendar 2020, and at that point the majority of theater chains across the United States have gone out of business. Movies are no longer financially viable. What, what do you see as Disney's response when it comes to the MCU? Man, that's tough. Um, 
Well, I guess my thing is, if theaters go out of business, I mean, it would just open the door for someone else to buy them out. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like those buildings are going to be gone forever. Like, someone else, some other organization, some other um, movie theater that maybe, you know, we don't have in Colorado would just buy them out. So I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if movie theaters are just gone forever if they say AMC goes out of business. I just feel like oh. someone else would just buy them out at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, but then again, there would be there would be a big gap there, right? Like you would need time to have investors come in and, you know, take the risk to spend the money. You would need huge upstart costs. You'd have to, you know, probably reconfigure and, and remodel some of these theaters. Um, and then, you know, you might run the risk of people might not be comfortable going back to, um, you know, a movie theater uh, in the near future. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but I, you know, I, I could definitely see these things start to, you know, go much more low budget with the intent of being released on, um, you know, straight to Disney plus, or even going into like, instead of doing films, uh, like a two hour long film, they do, you know, a four or five episode miniseries. So there's a Black Panther miniseries. There's a Captain America miniseries. There's a Captain Marvel miniseries, you know, much like they're doing right now with Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision. So I could see that. We also got to think if, if they have a goal of, hey, we're just releasing this on our streaming platform, that cuts down, what, 60% of the marketing? don't have to advertise it as much if you're just going to put it on the streaming service. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can still have yeah. some advertising, but not nearly as much as they do now. There'd be no need for it. So that might be a way of them saving money right there. This is going, you know, like you said, all these theaters are closed, and let's say no one else is buying them up. Well, there's really not a need for us to release these movies in theaters. Let's just put them on our streaming service, and let's just shut down our marketing. Just cut the marketing down to, you know, bare minimum and just have it that way. Because if it's on the streaming service, people will watch it. You know what I mean? Because they can easily just code it to say, all right, for the next three weeks, Spider-Man is the number one thing you see when you log in to um, Disney+. Plus. You know what I mean? Like, no matter where you go, you're seeing a little ad for Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a great point. So, yeah, it's, you know... It's, it's going to be interesting. I guess the other side note is, let's say you're right and theaters do shut down. Is that Are they going to increase movie ticket prices because there's less movie places to go to watch them? Like, is that now going to come even more of a premium to do? You know what I mean? It's like, like going to a Broadway show type thing. Like, hey, there's only one theater in all of Denver. So you want to go see it. All right, it's going to cost you 40 bucks, and we only have them Friday night at 7 p.m. You know what I mean? And that's the only time the movie shows. I think we might see a resurgence of drive-in theaters, which I feel would be great. Yeah, uh, safer. I've never been to a drive-in theater. Um, I believe there are still a couple of them in Colorado that are um, that are in still in business. Um, but, I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, you pull up in your car... You listen to, um, you know, the audio through your own stereo. So if you have an upgraded car stereo, cool. 
even better experience for you. You don't have to hear people behind you talking. Um, you know, you, you can talk to the person without interrupting anybody else. If you have other people in your car and they usually play two or three movies. So you get a couple different movies for the price of one. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up in like very rural upstate New York and we had drive-in theaters. We only had like one theater, but there were a couple of drive-ins. So we used to go to those, you know, during the summer all the time. So I think this would be awesome uh, if more drive-in theaters came back as a result of this. Yeah, I've never been on a drive-in theater driven by a few of them before. Um, but me as you this, though, because you were talking earlier about the movie experience. Does a drive-in theater store give you that same experience? Yeah, you get the big screen, but the audio's not there. And then people around you, aren't you able to hear them more or, you know, if some idiot honks the horn or something like that? That usually doesn't happen. Um, I mean, most most people are, you, you know, there might be some distractions where, you know, there's a car driving in or driving out. But, you know, you have to leave your headlights on um, or headlights off. Um, you know, it's there's usually very little distractions. Some people sit inside their cars. Some people sit outside their cars. Some people, you know, put a chair on their truck bed and turn their truck around so that the bed's facing the screen. Um, I, I like them. Caroline and I went to one last year, and we went and saw, oh, man, what was it? Oh, we went and saw Shazam for the first time in a drive-in theater, and it was a, it was just a really fun experience. Huh. Yeah, like I said, I've, I've never done it, um, but I, I guess you're kind of right, and something has to change. Something has to happen because if all these theaters shut down, I guess – one avenue would be driving theaters. It would kind of help. Um, it would help people feel safer if you're just inside your car the whole yeah. entire time. I mean, it's a it's a totally different experience than going to see something in a theater, but it's it's still a lot of fun, you know. And and some people who go to drive-ins don't necessarily go for the same reason that you would go to a normal theater, like you know the better sound quality or whatever. But that's really just dependent on, you know, your car's stereo. Um, and the nice thing is, is you have volume control. Some people who don't like going to the theaters because it's too loud, they can turn the volume down a little bit. Some people who really like to have it blasting and want to turn their subwoofers all the way up, you know, they can do that, and they're not really bothering anybody else around them for the most part. Right, right. So um, I think the, the kind of finalized little topic we're going to talk about for today is a little bit closer to me uh, than, than you is the eSports. Um, I know you play video games, as I do. I, I do more sports games, though. Um, I think you do more of the RPM-type games, right? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I do single-player games. So single player, I am yeah. not somebody who... I'm not going to jump on and play Call of Duty online with a bunch of other people and get, you know, sworn at and insulted by a bunch of 12-year-olds. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to overgeneralize it, but I don't enjoy online gaming. But I play stuff like The Witcher and Mass Effect and, um, you know, those types of... I like RPG games, but I also like, you know, action games as well. Anything with a storyline, anything with a, you know, single-player campaign, uh, I'm pretty much into most of those games. So one thing that's happening now is NBA, um, NASCAR... Um and Madden, NFL, they are putting together video game tournaments. Uh, NASCAR is actually doing races um, where the drivers and even ex-drivers are basically spending two, three hours driving around a course with these 
modded up, you know, steering wheels with brakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's on Fox, so it's not like it's some, you know, small network. ESPN is doing NBA tur uh, tournaments with their stars like Kevin Durant and Trey Young, and they're playing NBA 2K. Um, Madden is doing NFL games. You know, the nation has no sports right now. Is is this something you would watch? Is this something that gives you a little bit more of happiness with sports? Or is it more of, this just makes me more depressed because this is all I have left now is to watch digital sports. I can't even watch real sports anymore. You know, I'm one of those people where I enjoy sports, but it's funny. The things that I enjoy sports are the storylines in there. Um, so I'm not a big basketball fan, but I watched the NBA Finals um, the year that um, Cleveland most recently won because I I wanted to see if they were going to win or not. You know, you had this whole thing where LeBron James plays for Cleveland for a number of years. They come close to winning, but they never do. He goes to Miami. He wins a couple. He decides to come back. Um, you know, and so that was interesting for me. I was like, well, let's let's see if he wins Cleveland a championship. You know, it was really kind of more about the storyline than it was um, anything else. So I will watch a couple games of each sport a year. The sports that I watch the most often, um, typically football, um, baseball, I will generally only watch if it's the World Series. And again, if it's interesting, um, like when the Cubs won the World Series, I, I watched it because it was historic. Um, and I like baseball, but I'm not going to watch 100 and some odd games a year. So for me, I'm not really missing sports right now. I think it's great that we're seeing this alternative where we have the players who are, you know, doing Madden tournaments and that kind of stuff. I think it would be interesting if they, you know, did um, more multiplayer stuff where you had like, um, you know, if they did the tournament where it was like, teams that were one basketball player and one football player and they had to play against another team that was one NBA player one NFL player and they had to like do one basketball game and one football game to see you know who was better at playing like which NFL players are better at playing NBA that kind of stuff so I think there's definitely ways that they can expand on this but I'm, I'm glad that we're at least getting something yeah some sports is better than no sports I mean, I'm playing NBA jam right now just to give me some sports and that's back from the 90s, so it's players that are definitely not in the league anymore. Um, but it's just something so I can have some sports in my life. Um, I, You know, I sat, I watched the NBA one. It was entertaining. Um, it was cool to see that game. I don't play NBA 2K, but it was so fun to see. So, um, you know, this is all the sports we have for the next couple months and maybe the rest of the year. I guess this is all we have, and we have to have fun with what it is at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, fans, thank you so much for listening. Um, hope everyone is staying safe out there. Um, you know, follow all the rules you have. Stay at home. If you need to go out and get stuff, please only make it for, you know, the, the necessities and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, tweet us, Facebook us. We're here to talk, here to help with any way we can. Um, you know, we're here for you as, as well as... Um, you know, I know you're, you guys are there for us. So again, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in guys. Stay, stay safe and make good decisions.